It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. A couple of recent headlines from across the real estate landscape for you, Angie. Interested in your opinion on some of the takeaways here in reaction to some of these headlines. Uh, The first one has to do with seller optimism. This was a survey of 1,000 sellers that revealed 57% of them think it's a good time to sell a home. Are you seeing that optimism locally? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, Honestly, I would think it would be more than 57%. If yeah, that actually anyone, sounded low to me. Yeah, yeah. If anyone looks at, you know, or at least our local market and they pay attention to, you know, the multiple offers, the prices that just continue to increase, the inventory levels that continue to decrease, they would be very excited about selling their home right now. So honestly, I feel like that percentage is a, a little low. All right. Uh, equity rich is uh, sort of the headline of this next one. And I'm interested in your thoughts on this particular takeaway. This was a real estate research firm. They say 18 million homes in the U.S. are now considered equity rich, which is defined as the amount owed on the home loan being less than 50% of the home's value. So to, for all you math nerds out there, if it's a $200,000 home and you owe less than $100,000 on it, you're considered equity rich by these standards. So you've got a lot of room, a lot of equity built up in the home in a way. Do you notice this happening locally, Angie? Are are a lot of homeowners equity rich right now? And, And what kind of impact do you see that having on both individuals when they go through the process of selling their home, but also the larger market? So first of all, you know, locally, you mentioned about being like equity rich. So owning at least like 50% of value in your home. You know, I would love to say say that I see that often. um, But honestly, I haven't. I I feel like 50% might be a little steep here in the market. And maybe it's more based on, I I wonder what pool of home sellers they took that from, right? I, I would only assume that maybe an older generation might be more likely um, to be equity rich versus the younger generation, if that makes sense. Um, You know, it takes time, of course, to pay down your home or to make that hefty down payment on your home. So I'm surprised to see that as 50%, but that's amazing. I mean, people are being smart. They're not living, I would assume, then paycheck to paycheck. You know, they're really thinking about their home as being an investment. So that's amazing. But I just, I'm surprised that it's 50%. I think that's great. And then, you know, what kind of impact does that have on individual homeowners in the market as a whole? When it comes to selling a home, most of the time a seller is looking to sell, not because of the amount of equity they have in the home, but there's a reason that they maybe need to move or they want to move. But here and there, you know, they might decide, you know what, let me pull the money out of this home because maybe my home's appreciated a lot. So now I have you know, ownership actually own more than 50% of the home. Um, So maybe that's a reason to move, to pull that equity back out of the home. I would say if there is not a driving factor to force someone to sell, you know, if they have a lot of money just, you know, in the home, they might not be as likely to be as negotiable or, you know, just driven to sell because they don't have to move, right? 
And then on the flip side, I would say a lot of times buyers could look at that. Now, a buyer's not going to know exactly how much a person has uh, to pay off on their home, how much is left. But there are ways to look at like tax records, see what someone paid um, on a realist tax. It's called real estate professionals can see what the original loan amount was for. So with that information, you know, if someone, for example, owns their home outright, I've seen buyers where they're like, oh, well, they own their home outright. I can go and I can, you know, make a lowball offer. They're not tight on their their funds, which isn't the truth, right? That's not fair. You know, just because someone was great with their money and they paid off their home doesn't mean that they're going to now give their home up you know, for a lot less than what it's worth. So, but I have, I have seen that in the market. So I guess it does come into play a little bit with knowing, you know, how much equity is built into the home um, on both the seller and the buy side. Yeah, I think if anything, it just gives people flexibility, right? You can. It does. I mean, I mean, it's it's a great position to be in. You know, it's never a fun conversation when we meet with a seller. We start getting down to nitty gritty of you know, hey, here's your price that you can expect for your home, but here's your true net. Um, and when that number is really tight, you know, it, it can be scary because it might not allow them to make the move that they want to make. Right. That's a great point. And so, yeah, just a, it's, a, it's a good thing that people are equity rich, gives you flexibility, yeah. which is fantastic. So that's a, that's a good development, I'd say. Now, for perspective, you know, there's an estimated like 140 million homes in the United States. So, if only 18 million of those, you know, have this really good equity, that's still a lot of homes out there that don't meet, well, that, there you go. Yeah, meet that match. Yeah. But for those who are in that that's position, I mean, owing less than 50% on your home is fantastic. Gives you so much uh, room to breathe, flexibility. We want to see that number go up and up for folks. That's a good thing. Yeah. So very cool. All right. Another headline Angie wanted to bring up the best places to raise a family. All right. This is the, uh, I think this will be the controversial one. Uh, so this was a Wallet Hub uh, finding. They released its rankings for the top states to raise a family in 2021. Number one was not North Carolina. It was Massa- Massachusetts <laughs> was number one. The top five then rounded out with Minnesota, North Dakota, New York, and Vermont. Hmm. Hmm. Rankings were based on hmm. family fun, health and safety, education, and child care, along with affordability and socioeconomics. You wanna, you're not going to believe this. North Carolina only came in at 38th overall out of really? the 50 states. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that we cracked the top 25 in was family fun. And that just sounds like somebody who's never been to the state of North Carolina because I, there's not many sorry, places that have the hub, beach. But I'm not agreeing with you. <sighs> there's not a lot I of know. places that have the beach and the mountains you know, in the same state within a relatively you know, easy drive. Hmm. Well, and I'm just thinking about the current market that or, you know, current world we're in, right, in 2021, especially with COVID, you know, so actively affecting many people. And, you know, my understanding is people are fleeing from New York, right? Right. <laughs> um, not to talk bad about New York in sure. any way, but, but you the know, metropolitan just with the areas. population. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are fleeing, you know, from those areas to come to a little bit more, you know, rural um, the suburbs, you know, and, and North Carolina being one of those places. This is very surprising to me. I think more surprising that North Carolina's ranked so low and then someplace like New York is on, you know, at the very top. Yeah. Because normally North Carolina seems to always win like best places to live and 
Um, we definitely you know, see so, our cities doing well between Charlotte and, and, and you know, yeah, the, the Raleigh metropolitan areas. But you're right. Areas. You know, it's the same thing with, for example, like I threw out New York and threw them under the bus. But, you know, it's more of the people in the cities, right, <laughs> that I think are, are are leaving the state. You know, there's a lot of, you know, just suburbs and rural areas of New York as well um, where people might feel a little bit more safe, um, you know, and not as populated per se. So it's the state as a whole, but I'm still a little bummed over our rating being 38 as my high school uh math teacher used to say it's just one man's opinion and this is just one company or article's opinion that's very true that's very true we could find many that would probably disagree with this one wallet uh, hub is not on my list of favorites for the day yeah (laughs) yeah we're 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 gonna bash them a little bit on the show today um yeah and and very subjective too like family fun I mean, all right. How do you we, rate that? How are we really rating that? Yeah. Sure, sure. We're like someone who, museums, like you said, I mean, doesn't like activities. you know the beaches. They wouldn't care for North Carolina. I mean, those people are crazy, but um, <laughs> but they'd right? still have the mountains. See, so there you go. There we got the go. best of all there worlds. You go. But well, I think we do too. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll stand up for our home state on this one and tell Wallet Hub to go kick rocks. And by the way, if you're <laughs> thinking about making a move to North Carolina, plug right there call me. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are happen to be, and we do have out of state listeners that listen to the podcast oh, version of yeah, the show. All the Angie. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We help a lot of relays, a lot of relays. If you're interested in relocating to North Carolina, want to learn more about the area and Angie's arguments for why we wouldn't be ranked number 38th in the country. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, give her a call. 919-538-6477 gets you directly in touch with Angie. Call or text her there. 919-538-6477 or online at acolerealty.com. All right, last but not least, Angie, one more headline. Uh, tough year for first-time homebuyers? Question mark. <laughs> Author on uh, realtor.com argued that it's going to be a rude awakening for first-timers in 2021 when it comes to buying a home. Sure, mortgage rates are fantastic, but because of all the bidding wars, uh, the argument is that uh, a lot of first-time homebuyers are going to be left disappointed. I feel like this isn't a new revelation. We've kind of seen that a yeah. little bit in 2020, right? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I do agree with, you know, Realtor.com on this one. Um, you know, I think it's a rude awakening for many buyers. First time, you know, second time buyers. It's a tough market we're in with a limited inventory. And, you know, from what I've heard, most states are, you know, facing the same, you know, headaches per se when it comes to limited inventory. Um, so, yes, I mean, you know, first time home buyers. Although we would love for the process just to be so exciting and just easy, you get to go look at all of these homes and, you know, take your time on finding the perfect one for yourself. That's not the reality of the market that we're in at the moment, you know. Um, So hopefully you're not left being disappointed. Hopefully we can educate you enough up front to make you realize and um, understand the process so you know what to expect. So then you're not let down per se. Um, Like, hey, you know, in your price point, we're seeing multiple offers. This is what you can expect. This is the amount of due diligence money that we would advise you to give. You know, so hopefully, or which I know where our team is doing this, but we're setting the expectations up front so we don't leave you disappointed. But you're right. This is no new revelation. You know, it is a super, super busy market, more of a seller's market right now. So it can be a little bit tougher for our home buyers out there. Don't let that scare you. We've helped so many buyers, so many buyers currently. Actually, just pulled our numbers this week, and our team alone um, in 2021, uh, pending and closed on the buy side, I believe we're at the number around 55 
clients that we've helped. So that's just on the buy side. So see, there's plenty of happy clients out there that have, you know, either gone under contract on a home um, or who have now closed on their new home. Yeah, it's fantastic to see results like that, Angie, no doubt about it. And and, and I'm not trying to bash the uh, article either, by the way, and it sounds like you're in agreement that it's going to be tough. But they pointed out some of the things that you've talked about in the past couple of weeks here on the show, just people having to adjust expectations. Um, hey, maybe we need to adjust the budget down a little bit so that if we get into a multiple bidding war situation, we've got some headroom that we can come up and win the listing um, rather than starting out where you're already stretched thin and don't have any room to you know, negotiate, things like that. And, and also, uh, uh, they pointed out that a lot of people are getting funding from family members to help them compete in this market. Um, have you seen that at all as, as one of the solutions to help first-time homebuyers you know, get a little bit more, qualify for a little bit more, be able to compete and negotiate? Um, you know, in some instances, we luckily have worked with a lot of clients that, you know, seem to understand the market they are in um, and who have also done a great job in actually saving to have more of a hefty down payment. But just remember, when it comes to qualifying and your down payment, that's not always the winning factor for an offer. You know, we actually see that it really boils down to due diligence money up front and then your price. You know, you you take all of the fear and the risk away from the seller when you're offering a very substantial amount of due diligence money up front because that shows how serious you are with purchasing this home. So, and remember with due diligence money, even though you're giving the money over to the seller, as long as you make it to the closing table, it comes back to you. So, yes, there's risk involved, right? Because if you back out for any and all reasons, you would lose that money, but you know what? If you're serious and you love the home enough, you provide that due diligence money up front, it does come back to you at closing. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, many people are needing um, or going the route of getting help, you know, maybe from family members. Most of them seem to already be in a position that they're able to qualify um, on their own. But I, you know, a walk away from this is if you, for example, are, you know, qualified to purchase a home that's 400000 do not max out your budget when you're doing your home search, okay? We would actually advise you to probably stay below 375 or so, and that will allow you some wiggle room when it comes to making an offer. Because if, for example, you're approved at 400000 you find a home at 400000 if you need to go above asking price because we're in a multiple offer situation, of course, your loan is you cannot finance above the 400 mark. So you will be coming to the table with extra money. So don't you know press the limits when it comes to maxing out your budget. That's a great point, Angie. And uh, yeah, absolutely underscores the importance of having a little bit more flexibility these days. That'll help you navigate some of the tougher waters that buyers face right now. And as Angie mentioned a couple of minutes ago, really uh, important to go into the process informed and ready. And uh, if you, you know, it gives you a leg up on the competition, if you will, if you already know what to expect and can set those expectations appropriately. So if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the home buying process, it never hurts to just do a little homework, a little research, be familiar with the steps, be familiar with the uh, keywords and buzzwords that you need to know, uh, the terminology that you kind of need to be able to speak. It's not hard, but it's just good to know these things going into it. Uh, Angie has provided a helpful little guide for you for free. You can download the home buying guide, particularly helpful for first-time home buyers, by texting the word SAVVY to the number 21000. Again, text the word SAVVY to the number 21000, and you can download that home buying guide for free, as well as access other great show resources. No commitment, uh, no cost. Just get the home buying guide for free by texting the word SAVVY to the number 21000. 
You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into the Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.